0: com. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. So much information is shared on this page. Get up to speed with the latest national news. Join us. Join or form a Parents Rights and Education Affiliate Chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, Information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, rights dot com. This is Suzanne Gallagher, and this is part four of our transgender ideology and public school series. Before we get started, though, I want to recognize. The Southwest Washington Parents' Rights and Education chapter, they just buried the Secretary of State's office with signatures to repeal the dangerous comprehensive sexuality education curriculum that was just passed by the legislature. Referendum 90 signature drive broke a record. This is the most signatures ever gathered for a social issue. In seven weeks during a pandemic and stay-at-home order with no paid signature gatherers, volunteers gathered 266,000 signatures. The Secretary of State requires a minimum 130,000 valid signatures to qualify for the November ballot. Battleground Southwest Washington Parents' Rights and Education Group brought in the most signatures of all the groups in Washington State it was a huge group effort uh, several organizations including informed parents of washington uh, we are so excited and so proud of what they have done they are an inspiration to all of us referendum 90 will be placed on the ballot in november and the vote is an up or down vote so you we either uh, accept The CSE legislation that was just passed by Washington State Legislature is very dangerous, bad bad for our kids, bad for families. Or the other option is to reject it. And so we want voters to reject it. And uh, that means there's going to be a big campaign. And who do you think is our primary opponent? Planned Parenthood. So get ready for a fight. It's worth it, and we are very excited for the state of Washington. They must be victorious. So I'm going to get back to the topic at hand, which, of course, is the transgender ideology in public schools, part four. Several of the topics I'm going to cover are transgender guidelines uh, that is put out by the Beaverton School District, uh, harassment of a straight student at a Wesleyan-Wilsonville middle school, in 2019. So I have in my hand a memo dated February 20th, 2020. Uh, this was sent to the staff in the Beaverton School District. It says The intent of this document is to provide essential guidance regarding support to transgender and gender non conforming students. These guidelines are in accordance with federal, state laws, and Beaverton School District policies. We will include references to such sources. Glisten The Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, quote, Model School District Policy on Transgender and Gender Nonconforming Student, unquote, is a document that compiles national best practices and guidelines adopted. At this time, we are just addressing basic guidelines regarding identity, name changes, privacy, and confidentiality. We are all on a learning process. For this reason, it is important you refer to our school counselors for any questions that you might have on any of these matters. Administration is always available to discuss this topic further. We appreciate your support in advance. So here are the guidelines that come from Glisten: Student Identity, Privacy, and Confidentiality. School staff shall not disclose any information that may reveal a student's transgender status to others, including parents or guardians and other school staff, unless legally required to do so or unless a student has authorized such disclosure. Transgender and gender nonconforming students have the right to discuss and express their gender identity and expression openly and to decide when, with whom, and how much to share private information. The fact that a student chooses to use a different name to transition at school or to disclose their transgender status to staff or other students does not authorize school staff to disclose a student's personally identifiable or medical information. Before contacting the parent or guardian of a transgender student, school staff should ask the student whether to use their chosen name and pronouns that correspond to their gender identity or whether to use their legal name. This is Glisten P number four. So I'm looking this over and it's appalling. Basically what's going on here is the school is saying they are going to protect these students from their parents. In addition, uh, on this document, they have their references. So they reference the Oregon Department of Education. The person best situated to determine a student's gender identity is the individual student. However, in other cases, transgender students may not want their parents to know about their transgender identity. These situations should be addressed on a case-by-case basis, and school districts should balance the goal of supporting the student with the requirement that parents be kept informed about their children that seems like it um, is in disagreement with itself. The paramount condition is is such situations should be the health and safety of the student while also making sure that the student's gender identity is affirmed in a manner that maintains privacy and confidentiality. So on one hand, they're saying privacy and confidentiality. On the other hand, they're talking about Uh, on a case-by-case basis, informing the parents, Transgender students have the ability, as do all students, to discuss and express their gender identity and expression openly and decide when and with whom and how much of their private information to share with others. Schools should work closely with the student. Did you get that? The school should work closely with the student and parents in customizing an appropriate plan regarding the confidentiality of the student's transgender identity that supports the student. That plan may include the option to inform and educate the student's peers or to not share the information with the student's peers. And I am adding, or to not share the information with the student's parents. And in that case, the school will support the student in keeping that information from the parents. Beaverton School District has their policy. In some cases, transgender students may not want their parents or guardians to know about their transgender status. While official name and or gender change on the district's student information system must be acknowledged by the parent or guardian, school personnel have the responsibility and legal obligation to honor the student's name and pronoun preferences verbally. In such cases, school counselors, administrators, social workers, and other personnel must work directly with the students and their teachers to develop strategies to support the students without making official changes on students' records. One way to support our students in this situation is to enter their preferred name in the nickname field, in synergy, upon students' permission, without making an official change. By doing so, staff can still acknowledge the students' preferred names on seating chart, class roster, and other synergy-based reports. Keep in mind, there is no mention of student age. That's because in Oregon, medical and educational experts are in agreement with those who think a child as young as four or five can determine their sex. What is this policy advocating? They are saying to students, don't worry. We will keep your secret from your parents. If you need support, come to us. Actually, that did happen in the case of Adrienne Bonzi's daughter, who attended Newburg High School. Adrienne was completely kept in the dark. By keeping parents of minor children in the dark about their child's contemplation to change his or her sex, the state is violating the confidentiality between parent and child. In addition, they are party to the minor's access to harmful so-called treatments like chest binders and dangerous hormone-altering drugs, causing permanent sterility. With this policy, all This can take place without parents' knowledge or approval. And in the state of Oregon, students as young as 15 can actually have surgical treatment, removing healthy body parts, everything paid for by the Oregon Health Authority. Remember what the Oregon Department of Education policy stated It says, quote, the paramount consideration in such situations should be the health and safety of the student. Excuse me, what is healthy by their definition may not be by the parent's definition. Remember in the last episode, uh, we discussed the very first uh, step in transitioning and that is to encourage the child to change their pronouns their name and their pronouns these are the guidelines from Beaverton school district every student has the right to be addressed by a name and pronouns that correspond to the student's gender identity regardless of whether a transgender or gender nonconforming student has legally changed their name or gender Schools will allow such students to use a chosen name and gender pronouns that reflect their identity. It is recommended that school staff privately ask transgender or gender non-conforming students how they want to be addressed in class and in the school's communication with students' parents or guardians. If the student has previously been known at school by a different name, the school administration will direct school personnel to use the student's chosen name in appropriate pronouns. That's from GLSEN P5. This is what they claim the U.S. Department of Education policies say. The department interpret Title IX to require that when a student or student's parent or guardian, as appropriate, Notifies the school administration that the student will assert a gender identity that differs from previous representations or records, the school will begin treating the student consistent with the student's gender identity. Oregon Department of Education. Transgender students often choose to change the name assigned to them at birth. Often? To a name that affirms their gender identity. As with most other issues, Involved in creating a safe and supportive environment for transgender students, the best course is to engage the student, and possibly the parents, with respect to name and pronoun use. This is what Beaverton School District policy says. Students have the right to be addressed by a name and pronoun that corresponds to the gender identity. School staff should use the pronoun and name with which the student identifies. No staff member should engage in intentional refusal to respect a student's gender identity by referring to the student by a name or pronoun that does not correspond to the student's affirmed gender. It appears everything revolves around the transgender student. It's all about what he or she or they want. My observation of these very troubled students is not only are they confused about their sexual identity, They are confused about much more. The approach schools are taking serves to create youth who believe the world revolves around them. Whatever they want will be provided. For those of us who have raised well-adjusted children, one of the greatest challenges was to do just the opposite and teach them to serve others, not make demand. My last story this time is about a Westland-Wilsonville School District middle school boy. He was a good student and never caused any trouble in school. In eighth grade, he was sexually harassed by an eighth grade boy living as a girl who taunted him relentlessly, flirting, winking, touching him. The straight boy tried to be respectful, avoiding the trans girl whenever possible. He told her he was not interested. After months of the harassment... The straight boy gave the trans girl an ultimatum to leave him alone. Back off! I am not interested! The trans girl went to the principal's office, crying, claiming she did not feel safe. School administrators asked the straight boy's parents to send their son to another high school or homeschool in the fall because the trans student did not feel safe. In the end... The straight student left the school district hoping for a better experience in high school, elsewhere. The following fall, at the new high school in Lake Oswego, the straight boy had another challenge. He was attending an English class when the teacher announced there would be a presentation by two students. They were starting a gender-sexuality alliance club at school, making the rounds to classes, promoting membership in their club. These clubs boast... They are inclusive and encourage straight students to join. In some cases, straight and gay students are harassed if they do not join. As the presentation progressed, the straight student raised his hand. When called upon, he politely asked to be excused from class, explaining he was not interested in hearing the information. The GSA club had nothing to do with English. Two other students raised their hands, asking if they could be excused. The teacher informed them she would not tolerate any discrimination by her students toward LGBTQ students and refused to excuse them. The last two stories demonstrate the bias against heterosexual students who just want to go to school, study, play sports, and learn skills so that they can become independent adults. Do I fault the students for this tension? Yes. And no, we want to be very clear. Our organization is not against the LGBTQ community in any way, shape, or form. In fact, many of our members are part of the LGBTQ community, and we fight to protect their parents' rights also. Consider this. In an effort to help others, have we gone too far? Parents' Rights in Education defends all students They should be required to respect one another, and bullying of any kind toward anyone should not be tolerated. We take a strong stand for tolerance, inclusivity, and equity for all students in the public schools. Our concern stems from the many complaints from students, parents, teachers of inequities in these areas. Unfortunately, the extreme focus on LGBTQ initiatives has created an unintended backlash, as some students feel marginalized and threatened for holding their traditional viewpoint. A January 2020 article by Susan Miller, USA Today, stated, Young people are growing less tolerant of LGBTQ individuals, a jarring turn for a generation traditionally considered embracing and open. The number of Americans, 18 to 34, who are comfortable interacting with LGBTQ people slipped from 53% in 2017 to 45% in 2018. The only age group to show a decline according to the annual Accelerating Acceptance Report, and that is down from 63% in 2016. Driving the dilution of acceptance are young women, whose overall comfort levels plunged from 64% in 2017 to 52% in 2018, says a survey conducted by the Harris Poll on behalf of LGBTQ advocacy group GLAD. Dividing people is not helpful. No one minority can require everyone subscribe to their views. When anti-discrimination laws were passed, they were meant to affirm the rights for all, not exclusive from some. Sexual orientation anti-discrimination statutes have been interpreted to require LGBTQ norms not only respected but accepted by all students. Based on these laws, state legislatures have required public schools to teach homosexuality and all other sexual practices as normal, natural, and equal. Schools have invited LGBTQ groups to promote alternative lifestyles through equality committees designed to monitor students' attitudes toward one another. Students are encouraged to question, quote, what they are, unquote, based on this approach to sexuality. Activities such as LGBTQ student clubs, political demonstrations, Human Rights Week, Day of Silence, and gay proms are celebrated and promoted. Students who do not agree to accept the ideology are considered hateful, marginalized, and labeled homophobic bigots. I'd say this has gone too far. In defense of the majority student population and differing viewpoints, parents' rights in education is concerned with the out-of-balance representation of LGBTQ ideology. We are not condemning it as some want to portray. Students are preoccupied and divided by extreme political influences, tolerance, it seems, no longer applies to those who disagree. One cannot gain true respect through shaming and name-calling. The extreme focus on alternative lifestyles can hurt the very people it aims to help. As resentment builds in the community at large, where is the common ground? We must find it. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and this is Parents' Rights Now. Don't forget to register for the Northwest Safe School Summit featuring Walt Heyer, Heidi St. John, Todd Herman, Bernadette Royals Esquire, and Rebecca Friedrichs. The date is Saturday, October 3rd, Shiloh Inn, Portland, Oregon Airport. Check out events on our website. Parents' Rights in Education is a tax deductible non-profit organization. We rely solely on your contributions. Help stop sexualization of our students in public schools. Together, we can do this. See you next time to learn more about parents' rights now.